Welcome to Licking Non-Vanilla, a sex-positive hour of talk about kink, sexual mores, and writing dirty words. So grab a cup of cocoa, your favorite easy chair, and the lube as we go sailing into the dark, sweet waters of all things naughty on Licking Non-Vanilla with your hosts, Ralph Greco Jr. and M. Christian. There we are, Chris. We're waiting for the countdown, as we always do when we start the show. <laughs> these big, these big white—I've said this before. These big white letters come up uh, from the from our producer, and it reminds Chris and I of the old uh, Thunderbird show. And uh, so, you remember that show? So, um, <laughs> that 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 the trilling of beautiful female voice you hear is uh, well. Let me tell you where where we are. First of all. <laughs> You've uh, you've tripped across licking non-vanilla once again, and I'm your host, well, one of your hosts, Ralph Greco Jr. Across the aisle from me is uh, Chris, other words known as M. Christian on the Pacific Northwest. And uh, his name, yeah, and Chris and I are trying to furrow through um, the craziness that is the world at the moment, or always has been, and uh, with our sex-positive talk and our little naughty insights, and uh, you know, get, get your Kleenex ready. <laughs> anyway, uh, today we're today we're talking to a, a fellow writer, a fellow smut scribe, um, by the name of, by the name of Megan Hussey, and we'll get into the fact that her name is Megan Hussey, which which what she writes. But um, we want to we want to welcome Megan on the show, and we'll get to talking to her right now. Hi, doing Megan? How are you? I'm fine. How are you? We're good. How you doing over there, Chris? You doing pretty good. Doing well. Doing well. That's good. We're all trying to surf the weather. Um, Megan, uh, we, we, just before we came on the air, I, I did ask you how to pronounce your name, and uh, <laughs> and you, you said it was Megan Hussey. I've uh, that's a little too perfect, dear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I was obviously born to do what I do, and it's so funny uh, because one of my best friends, she was not aware until recently, and she's like, "Oh, what's your real name, by the way?" And I said, "What?" <laughs> she's like, "No." So, Megan, you are one of the people that uses your own name in what you write, right? Yes. Okay. Uh You're not using a pseudonym, because I don't use a pseudonym, and Chris uses a slight deviation, but when I come across people like us all, and we're not hiding, so to speak, under a pseudonym, (laughs) I don't know if that's the right word to use, but um, Uh do you find that you've gotten, not in trouble, but you've had some sort of hiccups over that? Yes, um, there have been a few. Actually, uh, early in my career, um, I did try to use um, a pseudonym, but I just didn't feel comfortable with it because I just thought, you know, I'm proud of my work. I want to be known for it, and mm-hmm. I want to be known for promoting uh And, you know, if anything to me, I want to encourage women to enjoy their sexuality and be more open about it. So it just didn't feel right to me. You know, to use a fake name and then tell women to be more genuine, you know. Mm. And uh, but yes, I understand why people do it now. 
know, because uh, I did have at least one person uh, refuse to work with me on a project mm-hmm. because they found out that I was an erotica and adult industry writer, um, you know, and was very mean, you know, and insulting about it. And there have also just been certain, you know, the things with friends who are on the conservative side. Of, but I, the way I call it, it's the, I think I might have said this to you one time on Twitter or mm-hmm. one of the authors, when you get that email that starts out, now I know this can't be you. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, it is. And so, yeah, there have been some uncomfortable moments, but for the most part, I'm really, you know, I'm proud of my work. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I went with my real name. What do, you, what do you think, Chris? I mean, we've been both been there, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I use mine just because I've never liked my name. Uh, <laughs> it's not like I'm trying to hide something. I just think my name is just blah. So, right. you know, and I also like the idea of, like, having this separate identity. But that's just me. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's like there are some risks that always comes about when you use your real name. And, of course, you know, like when, when we teach our erotica writing class, we always talk about, you know, always kind of like weighing your risks, so, you know, if you have a really sensitive job or a family that's on the, you know, conservative side, you know, a pseudonym might be a good idea. But if not, then absolutely, you know, use whatever name you want to use. And, and Megan, Chris, is like us in the fact that she does write beyond just the adult industry. Mm-hmm. She's doing, doing other things. So that's always my concern is, Megan, that sometimes, and I'm like you, Sometimes I have not lost the job, but I know I've not been considered for something because they found out about, you know, the other stuff I do, you know? Yes, yes. And, well, it was funny, I remember, because I'm also a newspaper reporter. Yeah. And not not my current, uh, you know, job, but the one before it, my editor had actually Googled me, you know, and uh, she said that, oh, and I see that you're, she mostly emphasized the paranormal side of my writing. Oh, okay. Most of what I write is paranormal. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, oh, that's cool. You're a published author, and you write paranormal. And I said, yes, yes, but I taught her at the time, uh, my new release at that time was called Naked Siren, uh, mm-hmm. about a merman. And so we're having this pleasant interview, and she's like, oh, it's so cool you're a writer. She said, what's your new release? And I, and I just said, uh, Siren. Right, right. You delete the stuff you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. So when it when it comes to the erotica that you find yourself writing now, are you writing across genres, or do you find you gravitate towards a certain kind that that really does charge you up mostly? Yes. Now, definitely my favorite, and most of my work can be found in paranormal. Um, and I've always loved to write about you know women, vampires. And, uh, you know, certain, I've all forbidden some variants, you know, like fairies. Mm-hmm. And, so, yes, I really love the paranormal. I, I grew up reading that, and I really love that. You know, but at the same time, um, I've always been, I've also been contemporary. I'm working on a novel right now, The Leading Lady, but it's really more of a throwback to, like, the Jackie Collins. Okay. Uh, that was popular in the 80s and 90s. Yes. Because, I, you know, I honestly feel uh, that, unfortunately, in some ways, we've almost come backwards, uh, you know, away from her. Uh, you know, more 
I mean, Chris and Chris and I have have done the same. You know, we we traipsed across a whole bunch of different kinds of erotica, and I think I guess we gravitate towards. Uh, Chris, would you say you gravitate towards more of the you know the the genre science fiction side of things? Oh, definitely. I mean, that's my preference, but it really depends on what someone wants or what the project asks for. Yeah. But yeah, I I think that's pretty. Pretty much my weakness. I have written some fantasy. I know you have too, Rafi. Uh, but I just, maybe because I'm just such a geek, I just kind of lean myself towards more science fiction-y kind of stuff. Right. And, how, and, and Megan, would you agree, like, as we grow and we change and, you know, things come in and out of our experience, we tend to gravitate towards something maybe, you know, in our 20s that we didn't gravitate towards to in our 30s, you know, that kind of a thing. Yes, absolutely. And I always like to try, you know, new genres. I mean, with, the, with me, as long as the constants of my work are there, um, which would mean a very strong, uh, resourceful, realistic heroine, you know, and a man who is um, attractive, respectful, uh, you know, those are, you can find that guaranteed in any of my titles, but I would refuse to write differently. I've been asked, you know, given big, you know, offered big contracts to write differently, and I just won't do it, mm -hmm. you know. And so to me, those are the constants, but beyond that, I'll try any genre, you know, mm -hmm. I really enjoy them all. And, and at this point, with 30 books on Amazon, uh, and, you know, we could just talk a little bit about the business part of it. Chris and I go, go on and back and forth about this all the time. Um, what's your overall feeling about the Amazon, Amazon, Amazonying <laughs> of, the, of the culture, you know, and, and how they've taken over publishing in, in general? What, what would, how do you feel about that in general as far as the business goes? Well, yes, it seems like, uh, you know, there is something of a uh, monopoly, and, uh, you know, it's really, I definitely sell the most books um, off of Amazon, um, you know, but uh, I know that there, you know, that there are authors who have problems, you know, mm -hmm. now, personally, uh, I, I, I'm kind of 50-50, like, uh, I, I've gone through publishers, like, my main publisher is Satin Romance, and, uh, you know, I've also published with um, you know, phase and classic books um, mm -hmm. and several others. And so in that case, it's just, it's totally out of my hands. I just leave it to the publisher yes. and I'm fine. You yes. know, but I've also self-published on Amazon. So, yeah, personally, I haven't had problems, but I do understand there are other authors who have, you mm -hmm. know, and you do want to see a little more variety, especially for indie author authors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Chris, we we've we've had our, we, I think Chris and I fall in the same category. I would say the way you just expressed it, you know, there there is the good and the bad, you know. <laughs> I just wonder at this point though, and like you said too, I, this is something Krista and I talk about all the time. There are times when that's out of your hands. It is a publisher's uh, purview and what they're going to do with the work and how they're going to do it. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And uh. 
you know, Chris, what, what, what I was going through Megan's bio and stuff, which which I find really cool. She just landed a, a job. Can you talk about the job you have working um, for Afterglow? Oh, yes, yes. Well, I'm actually working with the Central uh, Feminist Adult Company to go to the internet, you know, end of the spectrum. And uh, that's something that I always wanted to explore more. I came into the adult industry actually writing for Playgirl. Yeah, I see that. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I've seen Playgirl, Playgirl TV. I was actually the head of, uh, I was the head of Playgirl Fan Club. I did DVD cover copy, um, some marketing writing. Uh, I did a little bit of writing for Dask Channel for the good vibrations. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just really, I wanted to get more into the visual side. Um, and uh, it just, I don't know, it just seemed more difficult, especially for the woman. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but really, and it was kind of like when I became uh, the feminist uh, sex expert, um, a sex expert, which Ralph also writes a great column for. And so does Chris. Uh, yep, Chris, we all do. <laughs> we have all written for them, actually, yeah. Yeah, oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Yes, and, uh, you know, it, it really becomes, I got to talking uh, to some of these people, and I was just actually, well, there's a, uh, I how it's say Chris all the time you don't burn a bridge right exactly exactly yeah. yeah absolutely yeah I think that and you know Chris I think that the writers that we've talked to you and I included uh, when we talk to ourselves or <laughs> when, we're not playing with, when we're not playing with ourselves um, <laughs> it, it seems to be a lot of us do gravitate towards the visual whether it's writing copy script you know, it, it, we, I wonder why that is, Chris. What do you think? We're all visual-minded that way because we write what we write? I think so. I think there's a, a, a good percentage of that. I mean, I know I'm a very visual person. I mean, when I mm -hmm. when I write, I know about you, Rafa, but I kind of picture it as a movie. But, mm -hmm. you know, cause we're kind of visual creatures, human beings and all. But I think, mm -hmm. you know, erotica particularly is like it's kind of a visual thing. And, you know, not that other, um, you know, senses don't come in there, but, you know, that is kind of like you know, how we interpret sex sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, and I, and I think that also, one of the reasons that I probably want to get into that side of it is that there seems to be a perception uh, that women are not visual. 
sexually and in terms of erotica. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, they turn to point to lots of studies. Of it. And, you know, but really, in my opinion, uh, they are. I you know, from whoever I talk to, they're every bit as visual, you know, but you need to show them something they like, you know, because when you think about it, you kind of have the written work. It's like, okay, you know, romance novels. Well, how do they solve a romance novel? They put a Fabio type guy on the cover. Yeah. Or they put a, a passionate couple in a lot, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, and, you know, women, I mean, for years they've watched and enjoyed soap operas. Uh, you know, it's like the Chippendale dance group has been around for nearly 40 years now. And so, yeah, yeah, women are visual. It's just that uh, I think that the adult industry, it, it's been an evolution, I think, very slowly since the late 80s. And uh, I think women need to see something a little different, uh, you know. But, yeah, I think we're every bit of and you know, you just mentioned a, a big, a big buzzword that we hear all the time. You know, evolution. You know, the growth, the the reassessing yeah. of of roles. And um, how do, how have you taken to the last, let's say, the last five, ten years in how things have changed for the better or the, or the worse? Um, and that's an, you know, that's a, you know, that's a personal assessment. But in the way we are viewing, you know, sexuality and women's empowerment and the whole kind of thing. What what what's your it's can you can you encapsulate that or is it is it a too big of a subject? Oh no, you know, because it's and that's an excellent way to put it when you have the better or and the worse because I think that for the better, yes, there's much more empowerment. There are much more far more women getting into directing and writing uh, adult and there's uh, much more in terms of well, to show an example, I mean I remember the first time that I visited uh, an adult store when I'd just gotten out of college I was talking to, it was a woman who oh, she's very cool, very nice but I said, oh well I looked at the movies <laughs> and I'm like, okay <laughs> you know, I'm seeing a lot of uh, this, this hooker and this uh, babysitter yeah. <laughs> and the hooker and the babysitter and yeah. all that, you know and so, and I said, um, surely you, you have something, you're a woman, you need, you have something for women. And she said, oh, I don't think they make stuff for women, you know. And so I named off several titles that I knew about, but then she asked her distributor, and he was like, oh, no, no, I don't. And, you know, but by contrast, when I went around and asked again uh, to some of the, because I live in the Tampa Bay area, and there are just as many adult stores as there are McDonald's. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's not more. Right. And so when I, when I ask again, every one of them, oh, yeah, yeah, we have one section for women, one whole section for couples. And I think that's fabulous. But, you know, on the bad side, um, I think that uh, there's been a little bit of a backlash uh, to that, and I am concerned, uh, even being part of the industry, I at some of the violence and roughness that I sometimes see, mm-hmm. and at, you know, because, and also it seems like uh, if an actress uh, does bring a complaint, uh, then she, it's just going pushed under the carpet a little bit. It just mm-hmm. seems like we're not taking it seriously enough. And also, you know, like, when I hear, like, there was one actress who said that they asked her 
in the movie, they asked her to put on a T-shirt that said feminist so they could beat her up on camera, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of... Like, okay, that's not even... Okay, that doesn't even have anything to do with sex. Let's the hate, you know. Yeah. And so, on one hand, you know, and I'm not afraid to speak out about that, and that's one of the reasons I actually uh, took a break from the visual side of the industry because of that. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, what that is that going to do? I was just taking away my voice, and so now I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I, I guess, you know, you just have to traipse across this all on a case-by-case basis and just do for you. You know, you can't tend anybody else's garden. You just have to figure, well, this is what I feel, and I'm going to say this, and whether I get criticism or, or compliment, I don't know. I just, this is just what I feel, and I'll put this into this and see where it goes, and this is where we're at, you know? Yes, yes. I mean, I always think uh, that uh, the the best thing uh, that you can always do is to make your own content, you know, or to, uh, if you want, to write about the content that you'd like to see. And uh, it's like I was interviewing this uh, very popular porn actor named uh, Nathan Bronson. Uh, he's like a leading man. He's a gorgeous and very kind man. And I said, you know, I love it. I've heard you say that you ask your, your ladies and also that you work with and also your fans, what do you want? And he said, well, yeah, I ask. And he said, but sometimes I don't get complete sentences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And that's another thing we need to address. It's like, yeah, thank you. Speak up. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I, I, you know, through, I guess with all what we're doing and trying to be honest with what we do, you know, I guess we just hope to not only entertain, but maybe make it easier for people to speak up. Yes, you know? absolutely. Yeah. So, why don't we tell our licking non-vanilla, because I have to get that in there. Why don't we tell our licking non-vanilla audience <laughs> where they can find you and what's coming up immediately for you? Yes, yes. Well, um, I do have a website at uh, goldennews.tripod.com. Okay. And uh, you can also find me at uh, Sexpert, uh, where I'm the, the feminist sexpert. And uh, I write for simplicit.com. Uh, and uh, I believe that my first story with uh, which is com, I think it's coming out on July 20th. And uh, then, in a few, in a couple months, I'll be working with Afterglow. Cool. And the novel, uh, my next novel, uh, The Leading Lady, is going to be early next year. Cool, very good. Now, all that stuff you just, all that information, we're going to put on the our blog when this episode airs. So we'll get that in writing as well for people. And uh, and you know we'll we'll do all that kind of stuff and get it back to you and you know get all that good stuff going. Um, well, you know, in, over, I mean, we've been we Chris and I have been talking about this for a while. We try to avoid the subject, but it keeps coming up. Um, how wacky the last year has been. Let's let's leave let's leave our listeners with an idea of you know as you as we land back in some sort of sense of wherever we are at, what your overall view of. Uh, the sexual world is presently? Yes. Well, I think that, uh, of course, it did have an impact. Um, you know, and I think that uh, uh, there are a lot of more people who were opt to turn to porn 
but not a lot of porn obviously was being produced, mm-hmm. you know, and so I think they, uh, you know, I mean, first of all, uh, you know, I think it was all about uh, surviving, taking care of themselves and each other. Um, yeah, but I think with uh, a lot of the ladies that I talked to, it was, um, yeah, it, it was, it has been a very challenging year, uh, you know, but I think that uh, it also expanded the realm of uh, fantasy, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because we had to, uh, you know, so, um, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that uh, in a way that too is empowering if you can claim you're like, you know, there's some women who obviously were not able to have partners, uh, mm-hmm. you know, during the time, uh, you know, and uh, including myself, actually. And, you know, I mean, uh, it just makes you self-reliant. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it just, uh, you know, I've always learned that you have to be able to take care of yourself. And by take care of yourself, uh, pay your own bills if you have to. Well, always pay it in my opinion. Always right. pay your own bills. And, you know, and uh, give yourself your own orgasms. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, eco- economics and sexuality, you know, I mean. Uh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Ma- Megan, I-, I can't thank you enough. I mean, we- we've had, a, it's very, been a very enlightening conversation. Chris and I were just saying, we love talking to other, uh, or, or other dor- dirty writers. We don't do it often enough, right, Chris? <laughs> Absolutely. It's always nice to, I mean, not the other guests have been fantastic, but it's like when I heard about you being on the show, it was like, oh, my God, another writer. This is fantastic. Wahoo. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's... Thank you. I mean, yeah, I, I think, Chris, could you say, like, we, we don't generally don't find other erotica writers in competition. We we all seem to be having a good time and want to help each other out and want to talk to each other. Absolutely. That's one of the good things about the genre is like, you know, I mean, there's always, you know, some people are going to be, you know, a little bit more on the jerk scale, but by and large, people are usually pretty, you know, flexible and nice and really supportive. Yeah. Yes, well, you know, it's funny, just quickly, that's kind of how I uh, um, was able to, to get published. Back when I ran Playgirl Fan Club, there were actually erotica publishers, you know, in there, and I know one of them wrote to me, and I had almost given up on being published, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, she said, oh, hey, uh, she said, you know, I really like your little stories that you've written on Playgirl.com, I really enjoy them. She said, I'm putting together an erotic anthology, would you like to contribute? You know, and so I think it's very important that we have that sense of community mm-hmm. and that we help, help each other out. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we, we hope that we do so doing this. And uh, mm-hmm. once again, thank you, Megan. It's Megan. By the way, guys, it's Megan Hussey. Get that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> um, of all the Husseys I know, Megan is probably the best. I have to say that. You're the yeah. nicest Hussey we know, Megan. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny when my sister, my sister is actually a government, like a high-ranking government official. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she wants me telling that. Okay, I'm banned from the family. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but no, uh, 
uh, you know, when uh, when Kim got married, she kept her own name, and uh, my dad, who was still alive at the time, uh, he was like, you know, I really support that because she's accomplished a lot as a hussy. Right. <laughs> 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 you know, I was like, okay, that's not the way you meant to say, you know, yeah, I've accomplished a lot as a hussy. A high-functioning hussy. (laughs) Megan, thank you again so much. We'll talk soon, I'm sure. Yeah, thank you. And you be well, and uh, we're going to click off from you now, and we'll we'll do a little wrap-up on our own. Thank you, Megan. Thank you so much. That was Megan Hussy, everybody. Thank you, Megan. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So Chris, so Chris. Oh, that was wonderful. She is such a delight. Uh, that is, She's you know, a wonderful person. that's absolutely, we ought to get her back on again because it's like, it's so nice to have someone, you know, first of all, who's doing so much good work and two, just like a delight yeah. to talk to. Yeah. And, and, you know, and again, we find this over and over that um, we, we, the, the fellow, our fellow erotica writers are really fun people and they're, and they're, there's not any of that kind of icky, like, oh, I wrote this and you wrote that and I don't want to talk to you because, you you know, there's none of that. Like, mm-hmm. I see it across the board. You know, I mean, uh, that's how we met. I mean, we met because, although we happen to be, you know, exemplary uh, examples, you and I, you know, uh, but but generally, um, it, it's just weird how, how that happens, you know? It is. I think, I, um, I mean, writing is a, a difficult job and we both know that, that, you yeah. know, it's like it puts your emotions in a ringer, you know, to yeah. pour your heart and soul into something and then, you know, either get weird comments or, you know, publishers who just, you know, aren't interested. But, you know, again, it's like we're all in this together. And, you yeah. know, and as she proved perfectly, I think that's like, you know, the more you network and the more you make friends, the easier it gets. Because, you know, you and I have talked about this many times, like when we hit a bump in the road or we're feeling cruddy, it's like having someone to talk to or you know, you know, commiserate with can really make a world of difference. Yeah, and and you know, like what's what's good. I don't know, and I know this. I know you feel this way, and I, I don't know. Not everybody feels this way, unfortunately. But we we're wrapped up pretty tightly as far as the the feelings and the the highs and lows of each other. So mm-hmm. when we experience something, we're, we 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 empathize on both ends. You know, so you 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 have something great happening. I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, it makes me feel good. So, like today, you know, I was able to share a couple of possible possible jobs with you uh, this morning, and I sent you, and, and I was thrilled because I was cultivating them a little bit. You know how you mm-hmm. have to like throw it out there and see what happens, and I can't always just. And you know this too. Sometimes we have to take a while before we introduce somebody else. Exactly. Um, but it's it feels good to spread that kind of that kind of stuff around. Uh, I mean, you know, we both need to work. So that that on that on a on a just on a general economic level, but um, yeah, be able to be able to spread that around and and uh, you know and you only do that I guess because everybody that that you deal with and it, I mean I don't do with too many erotic writers other than you really um, are people that you want to hang with and be with and mm-hmm. talk to and and have a good time with and feel and and share good news with and and like you say also commiserate. There are times when we've talked. That nobody would understand what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the the, the non writer, the non erotic scribe wouldn't understand the, tri- the the tribulation. And there are times we just get in the phone and gab, and it just feels better. Not that we're help. Not that we're we're solving any of the world's problems. 
we're just trying to do as best we can. So I think, like, no matter what it is you do, it may be a good idea to, to seek out your fellows in, in that mm -hmm. industry, if you can, and they are open to it, just to, maybe not sometimes even to talk about the thing, just to, just to have them around and know that they're of the same mindset, so you can at least share a beer and know that, okay, this, even if I'm not talking about my problems right now, this person understands even my body language. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why it's so special to me. You sent me those leads and I'm, you know, trying to round up some as well. Cause you know, yeah. again, this can be a very lonely, lonely gig. I mean, you think, once yeah. again, it's like, there's so few writers themselves, at least ones who are like, you know, kind of professionals at this. And then it's like, you know, trying to find ones that do the same genre and you know erotica's you know pretty much a you know a, a very good genre when it comes to like you know people you know having good publishers and editors and such but it still can be somewhat you know isolating because you know yes. if when you actually say that you know you know that you you're looking for like you know smutty writers as opposed to like you know other genres um so yeah. you know the, to find someone you can sort of commiserate with i think makes things a lot easier because, yeah, again, yeah. this is like, it can be a very challenging life. And all it takes is hearing that somebody else is having exactly the same or near the same kind of experience. It just really does help. Yeah, that's exactly true. And, and I think that, you know, um, we probably don't do enough of that because, well, not you and I, because, again, we're perfect. But um, we probably don't do enough of that, you know, because we're, we, we're all just trying to scramble and like Megan said, pay your bills, you know, mm -hmm. um, so difficult. And it's, and, and, uh, especially if you do something that's a little bit more, uh, contingent upon people's subjective viewpoint, it, um, we probably don't take the time to just sit back with somebody and not even talk about the thing, just, just talk about whatever, but people in the same, you know, in the same business you are in or whatever that'll understand. But, uh, yeah, reach out everybody if you can. You know, make make sure, you know, I think when you when you can share stuff with people, it makes you feel better overall, I think generally, you know. And I think that's what's made the pan, you know, the last year has been so difficult because we haven't been able to do that in the right way and hopefully we can. Hopefully we are starting to, you know. Absolutely. I think things are like again, it's like all it takes is a little kindness, a little support to make things considerably better. And yeah, yeah. you know, I think this really important lesson is that you know, especially, you know, writers, but everybody is like, you're not alone. I mean, there that right. we're, we will, you know, it may take a while, but we are going to get through this. And, you know, especially things like, you know, writing, which is, you know, problematic on the best of times, you need to find as yeah. many, you know, people to, you know, commiserate with support with and who understands what the business is like, and they understand how, you know, how it can be beautiful, and also just totally infuriating. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. <laughs> Now, on, the, on, a, on a final note here, Chris, and it's something we talked about before we got on the air, but let's let's mention um, uh, David Lambert had di has died. He was he was actually yes. get to the right old age of ninety. And David Lambert, for people who don't know, and you're going to read that on our blog, which is on the website right now, um, was the inventor of the Symbian, and which is a sex aid device that uh, I think a lot of women rode to <laughs> multiple orgasms. <laughs> And uh, if you haven't seen the device, um, Howard Stern was a big proponent and got his guests to ride him. But, uh, you know, I was reading the literature today. He, he talked about the 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 um, the hoax of uh, of uh, the hoax of I forgot what he called it, but something like the hoax of humping. In other words, hetero 
humping being good, you know, being fulfilling for both the male and the female when we all know mm -hmm. that, you know, pistoning, stroking, he said stroking, male stroking is work, works great for males, but we know that ladies come up a little short in that area. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know about you, but my experience has been that not a lot of women orgasm through intercourse. Correct. You know, only. And uh, he was a proponent of uh, making sure, because all ladies are built different, sometimes they can't be stimulated clitorally from that, uh, from from intercourse. So anyway, uh, he died, but he invented some this great machine. If you've never seen it, it really is something. So uh, have you ever have you ever seen? I mean, I don't know if I've seen even seen one in person. Have you seen one in person? I think or I had, had used one or just had fun with one. Or I haven't used one, obviously. Um, well, I shouldn't say obviously um, because it's like as long as you you know enjoy you know penetration play, you can use one. Uh, I think yeah. I did see one. It was at some party. This is a long time ago, and okay. but yeah, I, I particularly like the fact that he really has been with us for a long time, and he did some really yeah. cool stuff with this. And I like the fact yeah. again that that the message of you know this isn't you know sex is like you know. It's one of those myths of of sexuality is that idea of, you know, penetration, you know, or at least that kind of penetration is the end-all, be-all. Yes. So I think that was really cool. And I love the fact that, again, it's like even, you know, when did, when did you say, because you did that wonderful write-up, when did, was he, did you say it was first came on the scene? Um, uh, I'm going to say 86, 85 or so. And then 11 years later or so, he invented the Venus for Men which is a, a male masturbatory device, which is interesting because a man doesn't have to be a wreck to get an orgasm from that. Thing. Right. So, so I think I think he was felling a lot of um, tropes and stereotypes with what he was doing, you know? But yeah, um, he's been around for a long time, and that's commendable. I mean, the fact that he, yeah. you know, once again, it's like developed this machine and then made it part of, you know, human sexuality. It was like, that's really admirable. And as you said yeah. also, it's like there are some ones that are kind of like, you know, new ones that are sort of trying to do the same thing, but it's a classic, yeah, yeah. and I oh, I think he deserves the applause for you know bringing it out. And then I love the way he like again his message. I think that's really wonderful. Yeah, yeah, because I, I too many you know, especially when you're just for a hetero guy when you're just getting started in your sexuality, you're 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 you know. All, all your all your nerve endings are right there, you know. Mm -hmm. and all you want to do is have that thing rubbed against something, right? <laughs> it doesn't have to be anybody, you know. But uh, and you don't don't realize that there's a there's a there's an infinite amount of uh, ways to to bring pleasure to yourself and to somebody else, a female. Absolutely, have anything anything to do with pistoning, you know, and humping, um, and we, we learn that over the years. It takes a while, but we learn it, you know. Hopefully, we learn it. Chris and I have learned it. <laughs> We've learned it. Um, so, Chris, I, I, I don't, I, you know, the time passes too quickly between you and I with when we do. It does. Uh, it does. Know? Well, it this really is does. always fun. And thank you again for, like, winding up, you know, Ms. Hussey, because that was really absolutely wonderful. And I go to, always I go looking forward to it. I Hussies, Chris. <laughs> um, Listen, everybody, I, I think we're in the middle of some heat. We're listening in the middle of some uh, rain. So everybody stay well in the, in the weather. Stay safe and healthy and all that usual stuff that we say. <laughs> and uh, we want to thank Megan Hussey again for her time and her good words. And you have been listening to Licking Non-Vanilla. And I am one of your hosts. My name is Ralph Greco, Jr.
and I'm cross you off me. <laughs> what? Who are you? Go ahead. I'm Chris. Otherwise known as M. Christian. Right, but you got to call him M. Christian. Don't call him Chris. <laughs> you, know, you don't know him that well. Um, Chris, it's been a great time as always. Always, roughly, uh, always fantastic. And we hope you enjoyed listening to the show. And uh, write us if you're around and you want to hear some stuff or compliment. Yeah, definitely only write us compliments. We don't hear want to hear Chris. Nah, nah, no criticism. Um, nope, won't, won't, no won't respond. Nope, nope, sorry. Not happening. That's nope. right. But nope, uh, you can happening. find us everywhere. So uh, <laughs> look at Twitter. Uh, we're at Licking NV there or whatever we're doing. And we're all over the place. So um, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, bye-bye. <laughs> and visit us on the web at www.lickingnonvanilla.com.